Hello there. I am the Furminator. I am a cybernetic organism, living tissue over stainless steel bucket fermenter, sent to the past from the future to ensure the fermentation of great beer. I need your clothes, your boots, and your all-in-one electric brew system. Now get those fermentation temps down! Now! Yeah! Pause. Now you try. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Beer Show. Well, welcome back. I mean, back means you've listened to other ones. But welcome to Beer Show. This is the show about making and drinking beer for fun. And I'm your host, Adam, and we're fucking back, dudes. We're back at it. We're in the garage. We're fucking talking beer. We're drinking some beer. And well, more specifically, today, we're going to be talking fermenters. Uh, I think you heard from the Furminator earlier. <laughs> some dumb shit I decided to do. <laughs> But anyway, um, today we're talking fermenters. Kind of the same deal as the last show I think we did with uh, with the brew systems. We kind of do the same thing with fermenters. Fermenter types, materials, shapes, cool things, shitty things, pros, cons, all that shit. Um, and again, this is all from my perspective. I fucked around. Everything I'm talking about is shit that I've had experience firsthand with. So, uh, again, it's all my opinion, but it's a bit of an educated opinion, and maybe you can take what I say, some of the dumb shit that comes out of my dumb face, and you could use it. Either don't make the same mistakes I do, or or wholeheartedly just fucking go whole hog, and I'm going to make the same mistakes as that fucking idiot. So, um, but anyway, uh... Yeah, that's what we're going we're going after today. But first, before we get into that, if you like what you're gonna, what you're hearing, um, if I suppose if you keep listening after this, or if you listen to other shit and you like it, do me a big old favor and go to your fucking wherever whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. Give me a, give me an old rate. Give me give me a five star. Give me a, uh, give me a review. Subscribe. Follow. Do whatever the fuck else. Greatly increases visibility for anybody else who might like the show. Um, who might be interested in brewing and drinking beer. And I'm all about evangelizing for the hobby. So um, the more people we can get on this shit, the cooler. And I'm, and also, I'm all about listener engagement. Got an email. If you want to hit me up, tell me how everything I'm, tell, everything I'm saying in this microphone is fucking stupid. Or talk about how your shit's way cooler than mine. Or everything I'm saying is fucking the smartest shit you ever heard in your life. Or talk about how... You got it. You got a fucking the coolest rig, or I, I don't know. Just get just just engage with the show. It'd be super cool. Yo Yo Brewing, all one word at gmail.com. Hit me up there. Um, yeah, Yo Yo Brewing at gmail.com. So yeah, fermenters. Oh, <laughs> oh, got a little bit. I always get a little bit ahead of myself before we get into that. Before we get into the topic at hand, we always got to get into the beer show. Show beer. So the beer show, show beer today. It's, we're back to homebrew, boys. We're back at it. We're back. We're back in the saddle with a homebrew today. Today we're we are drinking Double or Nothing. It's a beer that I brewed. Also a yo-yo trick. It's a, it's a beer that I brewed. It's my Belgian double recipe. Um, D u b b e l or nothing. 
Um, it's one I brewed a couple months ago. Fucked around, brewed it a couple months ago. Got it on tap now. Um, I had it conditioning in my cold garage for a while just for the fuck of it. And it's uh, it has turned out absolutely abs. That's the most. That is the most Midwest word a person from the Midwest can say. Absolutely. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yup. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. This is my Belgian double. Um, it's the, uh, not a lot of people know about Belgian doubles, at least laymen getting into beer, but yeah, the Belgian doubles, the style, um, I, you don't see them around very often. So I figured, fuck it. I was going to give one a go cause I like them. So, uh, this is, so this is one I, I brewed super good. Mmm. Malty. It's got that like uh dried fruit shit going on. Um, Super deep red, like ruby red tones, like to like you know in a shittily lit garage like I'm in now, you might mistake it for a porter, but you get some light on it, and you're like, oh damn, that's actually a super deep red. And uh it's it tastes fucking glorious, it's got a nice off-white head on it that hangs around for a million years. I poured this thing fucking twenty minutes ago and it's still hanging around. Um so that's how it looks. Uh on the nose, it's got that clovey sort of that clovey Belgiany spicy thing that you get from Belgian yeast, you know. So if you dig that, you know, it's right there for you. It's all right there. Uh, got a little bit of, like I said, a little bit more fruity action, a little bit of kind of chocolatey notes, a little bit on the nose and in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, that uh, Belgian-y, sort of that clovey, spicy thing going on is kind of the the feature. Because, let's be honest, guys, Belgian beers, the yeast is the star. And uh, so you get that clovey, sport, sort of spicy thing going on, and then the you get a malt-forward sort of kick. It's, a, it's got kind of that, the biggest flavor besides the yeast is that it's got like this dried fruit thing going on. And it's fucking, it's super good. Super good change-up style. Something, it's not something I want to, you know, it's not, it's not a fucking crushable beer. Um, it's not one that I'm going to fucking, you know, I'm, I'm getting hammered on doubles tonight. It ain't, ain't happening, but, uh, like, it's a good change-up. Like, you know, it's just a, it's just, it's a good, just fuck around and let's change her up. But since it's a recipe I made, it's time to share that old, uh, fucking, that recipe. Oh fuck! I don't have any percentages for you guys today, so this is this one's gonna be in pounds. I didn't fucking put this one. I just had this one written down in pounds for whatever the fuck reason. But anyway, so this is all for a five gallon batch. Extrapolate what you will, and you can figure out your own your own percentages if you just take what I got here. So, uh, the grist. Let's get after it. The grist. Eight pounds pale malt. I use two row. Um, you could use pilsner. You could use Maris Otter, you could use whatever the fuck, Gold Promise, but I use Turo. Use Turo. It's the most, it's the most widely available malt there is. Um, so it was eight pounds, Turo. One pound, Munich Light, 10 Love Bond. Um, half pound, Special B. That's the one that's, the Special B malt is the one that shows up in Belgian doubles all the time. Doesn't really show up in a whole lot of other shit. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. Uh, but that's the, that's the special B half pound there, half pound honey malt, half pound acid malt, quarter pound chocolate malt, quarter pound dark chocolate malt. So that's, that's the whole mash there. Um, I did a bit of a step mash on this one. That was all that grind all that up. I did a bit of a step mash. I did 30 minutes at 145. 
That's what I got on there. And then 30 minutes jacked it up to 154, and then I did a mash out all the way to 164. So I don't know if that really did anything. I don't know if that's even technically a step mash, but I fucked around with that. Um, then we went and we did a we did an hour boil. And in the boil, here's where it gets a little weird. In the boil, um, we went over. I threw in a quarter pound of fucking raisins. So that's probably aids in that sort of uh, that dried fruit character because it's fucking dried fruit. But uh, the hop additions I used, uh, I just used Magnum. Magnum is the only one that was in there. I used uh, I used a total of two ounces. I used a, a, a small bittering addition at 60, a uh, half ounce. And then I did a half ounce at 30 and an ounce at 10. And then I also threw a pound of dark candy sugar, trademark of the Belgian styles. Um, dark candy sugar, not the super duper dark shit. I think I got like the medium dark stuff. I can't, I think it was the blue bag, like the 90 or what? I don't remember. I don't remember the blue bag of the candy sugars that homebrewers can get at most every homebrew store. I got the, the, that one and I threw that in in about 10 minutes. Um, cooled that fucker down and then I pitched, um, Abbey yeast. I think it's Lollymond. Lollymond's Abbey yeast, the dry stuff. Uh, I did, I pitched two packets of it. Fermented that at about uh, 65, 68-ish, somewhere in there. And, um, yeah, and then uh, it fermented out pretty quickly. Belgian yeast usually goes after it pretty quick. And uh, it was done after about, I think I kegged it after like two weeks. It was probably done after a week, but I just let it hang around for a week. Threw it in the keg, and then I let it sit in, in condition in somewhere you know like near freezing temperature for a month or two (laughs) for yeah for like about like six weeks got it on gas carved it up and it is fucking glorious so there it is that's your beer show show beer the belgian double double or nothing so uh i'm enjoying the ever living tits off of it all right getting back into it uh the topic at hand fermenters uh, we gotta get it. Oh fuck, my notes app is fucking. I gotta get a handle on this notes app shit. Um, we're getting into the get get into fermenters. All right. So this is gonna be kind of a breakdown of the contemporary home brewing fermenters, uh, the, the shapes and styles and the materials that they're made out of. Um, pros and cons. We'll kind of do it the same way as I did the last episode. I feel like that one worked out pretty well. Um, we'll try and go through this one a little bit quicker because that last, that was an hour. I was, I was proud. That was, it didn't seem like it. It's kind of, it's kind of tight, kind of tight how that fucking, how, fa- how fast that went. But anyway, so we're going to get after it right now. So first type of, fer- well, obviously let's just go over the fermenters. There's several different fermenter types, but, uh, what we're going to get after here is we're going to, the three main materials we're going to be looking at are glass, plastic, stainless steel. Those are the ones that are most commonly available to homebrewers um, at large, and uh, then there's also the bucket style or jug style, which is basically just more just cylindrical, and then there's conical, which is basically cylindrical, but at the bottom of it, there's a big old cone for shit to, for for trub to, or trub, or I don't know, who, who says it trub? Does anybody call it trub? Trub or trub? Let me know in an email. Um, but uh, for that shit and the yeast cake or whatever to kind of settle in at the at the in the cone and then you can uh it's just uh it's just better for the yeast that way i suppose but uh yeah there's different shapes and stuff like that um 
So let's get into it. Fuck. I keep beating around the bush. Let's get into it. Uh, Glass. We're going to start with Glass. The Carboys. This is what I'm talking about. Glass fermenters. We're talking about fucking Carboys. Okay? My, My voice changed a little bit. Some kids just... There's a kid outside, and there's he just screamed. So I apologize if the microphone picked up because this microphone fucking picks up everything. Yeah, kids are fucking yelling outside. I bet the microphone just picked that up. But anyway, um, plowing ahead. I apologize if that annoyed anybody. It's probably more annoying that I had to stop and say something about it. But any fuck, carboys. We're back into it. <laughs> um, carboys. We all got them, man. Carboys. They fucking suck. The, I'm just gonna come right out and say it. I mean, like they're just, they're just everybody's got them. They come in every home brewing kit. That's what everybody's been using forever. Probably because winemakers used them way back when and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know why the glass carboy had to be the thing that like we're just associated. With. It's just associated with a fermentation vessel. But um, anyway, well, here, here's some glass pros. Some glass carboy pros. Uh, the first one I can think of is you don't have to really worry about scratching the surface when you're cleaning it. Um, there's no real abrasive cleaner or like scrub brush or anything like, anything like that that's really going to damage glass. So I guess from that perspective, you're set. I suppose you can clean the ever-living tits off of it with, you know, whatever chemicals and whatever fucking... Even though you shouldn't be using chemicals, but you use fucking whatever abrasive cleaner you got and you don't really have to worry about damaging the glass i suppose unless you like your abrasive cleaner is a rock in which case you would probably definitely damage it um so there's that that's the first pro i got you don't have to worry about damaging the surface of it let's flip it back down to the cons these fuckers are awkward and heavy okay these things are big they're i mean it doesn't it doesn't feel like they should be as big as they are but they're pretty damn big and they're I mean, think about it. If you get, like, the six-and-a-half-gallon carboy, I mean, that's, like, probably 15, 20 pounds of glass. And then, I mean, you fill it up with six gallons of wort to be fermented. I mean, you're looking at something that probably weighs about 70 pounds when it's all said and done. That fucking shit's heavy, man. Even for fucking a young, spry lad like myself, it's fucking... That sucks to have to lug around. So that's a con. Moving heavy shit sucks. And they're awkward. They don't have handles. You have to you have to like find other means of putting handles on them to in order to move them around. Super not cool. So let's flip it back up. There's another pro, and I'm just gonna be real with you. This is the only other pro I got for it. I got two pros on the glass side of the world. Um, The other pro is that you can see fermentation activity because it's glass. So I mean, it's interesting. Um, you can also kind of get a glimpse at like if something's going wrong fermentation wise or something, you don't like, you don't sit and wait for shit to happen and you're just completely oblivious to what's going on until you've already, you know, wasted a week or whatever, thinking some cool shit was going on. And then you realize you got an infection or some shit like that. You can actively see what's going on in the inside a glass carboy. And, uh, so I guess that's cool. Um, so that's a pro. Um, but it's con city for for the rest of the way out on fucking glass carboys. So here we go. The rest of my cons. The next one, there's no practical conical as far as I know that is made of glass. And even if you could get one, I don't know if I'd fuck around with it. That would be a monster piece of glass and you would need a serious like rack to hold it or some shit. You would need that. I don't even want to like imagine having to deal with that fucking thing. So there's no practical conical shape. It only comes in the in the jug bucket shape. So there's that. 
that's kind of that's kind of a con. You only you can only really get it in the one shape. Um, the next con is they are difficult to clean um, because the way these things are shaped, they're just giant bottles with a really skinny neck on the top, and they're fucking like. What do you do? I mean, short of like cleaning it immediately with like piping hot water and like OxyClean or something like that, these fucking things are like you got to get those stupid brushes to get in there and like try and clean the inside under under lip thing of the bottle and or of the carboy itself. And it's such a huge pain in the ass to get like dried croissant off of there. It's just a, it's a nightmare and they fucking suck. The only way I've ever found to like kind of easily clean them is hit them with hot water like immediately after you you keg off of them and or just let them sit in hot with hot water in them for a long time it's the only way they that they ever kind of easily clean so it's just annoying and then the, the next kind of got they're dangerous i mean for real let's let's call call spade a spade here Giant glass bottles are fucking dangerous because they, I mean, glass is so damn temperamental. Like you, you always see shit or you like, everybody's witnessed it where like somebody's like holding a beer and then like you're outside and a guy like drops it on like a gravel driveway and it's fine. You know, it hits like 40 jagged rocks and the bottle's fine. A guy picks it up and chugs the beer that's flying out of the bottle real quick, whatever bottle's fine. And then like a week later, a guy like sets a glass bottle on like the sidewalk very gently so that he can like bend over to tie his shoe and the thing shatters into a million pieces because like a grain of sand was in the wrong spot on the bottle and like caused like a sound reverberation to go through the glass and it just explodes everywhere glass is stupid like that and this shit's dangerous as fuck and then when you break one i mean the the potential bullshit of breaking one i've heard horror stories of guys cutting the shit out of themselves needing stitches and shit like that and then also, I mean, if it breaks, nine times out of ten when it breaks, you you're, you got beer inside the fucking thing because you're moving it around to do something with it. So then you lost a bunch of beer. And that's fucking stupid too. So even if you don't hurt yourself, you got beer all over your fucking basement floor or your fucking kitchen or wherever the hell. And you got broken glass everywhere. So, it, so yeah, even if you're like you got tons of damage to your fucking wherever you live and you got to clean up a bunch of beer. And that fucking sucks. It's not cool. Um, so that's a bunch of work and time and bullshit out the window because a piece of glass decided to suck ass. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another huge con. And then the last con I got is, and then a lot of people go like, well, I mean, they are like one of the cheaper options. So that's probably why a bunch of people, they're not, they're not cheap. They aren't. There's a bunch of hidden costs with these fucking things that nobody talks about. And like, they're, they're just not the cheapest option. They really aren't. They're actually kind of expensive. And if you're going to go the route of a carboy, there's a lot way better, op, way more, way safer, way more efficient options that you can get for the amount. Because think about it. So say you're getting like, like a six and a half gallon carboy. All right. So you get the carboy. If Say you buy one new. You can't find one used. So we'll say for this, I think they're like 50, 60 bucks new. So let's say they're 50 bucks new. So then there's all this other bullshit you got to get. Like I said earlier, they don't have handles on them. So you got to like, you got to get the handle for the fucking neck. And so you get one of those. That's like 10 bucks. So we're at 60 bucks now. So you get the handle for it. You put the handle on. Well, you can't move the fucking thing around when it's full of beer by that handle because you'll just snap the fucking, the, the neck off the glass if you try and lift up 70 pounds on that glass. So now what do you got to get? You got to get those hauler straps. They're like those fucking, those like, 
cloth strap things with like the buckles and shit that wrap around it and it's you know it's like a little net that you put your carboy in with handles on it and so you gotta get those things that's like another 15 20 bucks so let's say it's 15 bucks we're at 75 bucks so you get a you get a hauler strap so then um talked earlier before you gotta get a cleaning brush if you want to clean this thing efficiently there's another fucking five ten bucks so let's say five bucks just air on the side of like cheapness even though it's probably more like 10 let me get a sip got a whip gotta wet the whistle so yeah but that you gotta get the you gotta get the cleaning brush so we're at what what did i say five bucks that puts us at what 80 bucks 85 bucks somewhere in there and then um you gotta get the beer out and you gotta get the beer out without splashing it around because cold side oxidation is the fucking devil so you gotta get a racking cane so you get a racking cane that's probably 20 bucks to get like a you know a two foot long racking cane that'll reach the bottom of a fermenter and then you can't just get a racking cane. You got to get hosing. So you got to get some, you know, so where are we at? Like a hundred bucks. So then you got to get some hosing and, to, and the good investment on hosing on that end is like some silicone hosing and silicone hosing is like three bucks a foot or something like that. So say you get like 10 or well, I don't know if it's three bucks a foot. Either way, it's, it's not cheap. You're looking at like 20 bucks for like, you know, at least 20 bucks, for like 10 feet of silicone hose. So you get the hose. So you're at over you're at over a hundred dollars. We're at like 120, 130 bucks to be able to use a carboy relatively safely, and to be able to and to be able to get beer in and out of it without ruining it and shit like that. So like without ruining the beer that is. So it's like the idea that there's a bunch of like there's cost savings to be had by using these incredibly heavy and awkward dangerous dangerous fermenters is just bullshit they they just suck like so i'm just gonna let my cup like this this is this is i mean we all like i said we all got them we all have them they come in every beginner kit it's what everybody thinks they gotta get i got fucking four of them it's just one of those things where it's like and i i hardly ever use them anymore the only time i ever even use them is if it's like fuck my other options are used up and so or it's something that i know i'm not going to touch for a while like a lager or some shit like that so um yeah they just suck dude they fucking suck dude. <laughs> but uh so yeah that's that's glass that's glass carboys that's the that's the pros that's like the two pros and then the million fucking cons of glass fermenters um so moving on plowing ahead moving forward we're getting into plastic all right and plastic fermenters here we go uh plastic pros first pro it's the cheapest option typically um realistically it is the cheapest option you can go and you can get those like you can hit up amazon or you can get like those brew buckets or whatever that are just it's just a straight up like a seven gallon bucket with like a rubber sealing lid or whatever it's like food grade plastic and it's got like the measurements on the side like i think it's called the brew bucket or something and there's a few different brands i think claw hammer's got some and it's just a bucket and you have like a tool to take off the top and the top's got a hole in it for, a you know, an airlock bung and shit like that. And they typically go for somewhere like 60, 65 bucks or something like that, which is ridiculous for a bucket. Let's be real. But at the end of the day, it is the cheapest option. Like if for just buying it and just you just have it. So you don't have to fuck with it or anything. You don't have to get any extra shit. It's got a handle. And you don't have to get any fucking other bullshit for it. It's just you bought it, and there it is, and it's done. You might have to buy the little, I don't know if they come with the tool to get the lid off or whatever, but yeah, I don't think you even really necessarily need the lid if you got fucking strong as tits hands. But 
or you need the the lid fucking prior thing the 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 super advanced basically the 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 flathead screwdriver for the paint paint lid version of fermenter lid thing i don't know i just sounded really stupid there for a minute <laughs> but anyway yeah they're cheap like typically the cheapest option so that's a pro cheap stuff i mean as long as it's good stuff that's that's a good thing and i mean and you can ferment badass beer in plastic the 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 material that your fermenter is made out of as long as it's food safe doesn't fucking matter man you can make award-winning beer in a fucking bucket so uh con move down to the cons con! <laughs> uh, that's a star trek reference for your ass i don't even watch star trek i just know that from popular culture um con First con, most susceptible to scratches and nicks. So like we're saying with glass, where it's not, glass, can you can clean the air-living shit out of it with some steel wool or some Scotch-Brite pads or some shit like that. Um, plastic, you cannot. You scratch it up, and then all of a sudden, you've just created a nice home for bacteria and bullshit to infect your beer. And once you do that, you may as well pitch that shit, get rid of that bucket, because... That's all she wrote. Unless you fucking find a way to clean the ever-living fuck out of it and like microscopic clean cracks and stuff, you, you may as well not even risk it at that point. Um, because having a batch go bad on you just because you, you went a little too hard cleaning it the other day, cleaning the fermenter the other day, it's no good. It sucks. So you got to kind of be careful when you're cleaning them. Just use a bunch of hot water, a rag, and a, and a good amount of elbow grease, and you should be good to go. But, like I said, the con is, is plastic is just, it's the least robust material with as far as that goes, and so it is susceptible to damage more easily, and will just inevitably get damaged more quickly. Uh, that was a big drink. Back up to the pros. Plastic Pro, number two. Lightweight. When this thing's empty, it's just a fucking plastic bucket. It's just a bucket. You know what a plastic bucket feels like when you're holding onto it? Like a five-gallon? Yeah, it's like that. Maybe a smidge heavier. So it's light as fuck. So when you fill it with, you know, unfermented wort or fermented wort, that is now beer. Uh, when you fill it with something, it just it's pretty much the same weight at a pound or two to the weight of the shit you put in there which is a plus you're not lifting around extra weight unnecessarily super tight super fucking tight trying to save that back trying to save that lift with your legs first guys legs first transition to the back muscles wear a back brace team lift that's what they taught me at sears and they're out of business now so they know what they're talking about <laughs> um that was a quick one. Back down to uh, cons. Second con. Most susceptible to bad seals and air leaks. So like I was talking about with these click-on lids and shit, they got like gaskets in them. And the gaskets in them, after a while, um, can like get shitty and go bad and like start cracking or just lose their ability to seal. And that would potentially make it so that you don't have a good airtight seal on your fermenter and then your airlock's not doing what it's supposed to and then you either got to get a new lid or a new bucket or whatever and it could be fucked from there or you can replace the fucking gasket that's in there and some of them i believe um so there's a lot of work little workarounds on that but that's just another thing that can kind of go wrong with them and um on the plastic side of things plastic you know it typically kind of starts to warp a little bit like i said it's the softest material so it starts to kind of 
have a lot more give after a while. And eventually those seals just get shitty. And, you know, even if you take really good care of this fucking bucket and you do everything you're supposed to and you clean it right and you do it, just eventually it's just going to wear out and you're going to have to get a new one, you know? I mean, it'll take a long time. But, I mean, it's it's just something that'll eventually just take a shit on you and you'll have to get a new one. So that's kind that's a con. It's a little bit of a conny con there for you. Flipping it back to pros, number three, third pro. Um, plastic... A little bit of <coughs> like frog in my throat or something, a little bubble. What the fuck? Um, plastic is cool because it's moldable and it can come in various shapes and sizes. So there's all sorts of different fucking shapes and sizes, conical buckets, fucking these weird like hybrid things that are like cone, conical, bucket, sort of weird they come in all sorts of like shapes and sizes and different like mounts and stands and what have you's on all of them. And so that that is the coolest part about it is like these the plastic fermenters come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. So you can explore it, all these options under the sun because plastic is really easy to mold and make into a shape. So um, that's a pro. Um, just gives you more options, more shapes, more you know whatever whatever you need for there i've seen there's there's fucking there's plastic fermenters that you like hang on the wall and shit like that like so if like space is an issue but you got a wall that's just hanging around not doing dick you can hang a fermenter on it (laughs) i mean i don't know why you'd really but but you can so it's there the option is there (laughs) which is cool i would say that that's a pro that there's the most options in the fermenter landscape lie in the plastic realm um Oh, uh, so then these two, that these last pros and cons I kind of threw on here, I'm just going to kind of do them at the same time. The, the last pro, uh, this is the on the plastic side of things, the easiest DIY is for a plastic plastic bucket fermenter. Um, if you want to know what I'm talking about for real, hit up Homebrew for Life. He's got a fucking video on there that's the tits, shows you how to build a plastic bucket fermenter out of just the regular old five-gallon buckets you can get at any hardware or home improvement store. Um, and he's got a pretty, pretty easy fucking tutorial on how to do that, uh, on video, but it just involves getting some spigots off of Amazon, some food grade spigots off of Amazon, and then drilling a couple holes in a bucket or a hole in a bucket and a hole in a lid. And, uh, and then boom, you got yourself a fermenter, but, uh, it's super easy to make one of those. It's like for like 10 bucks altogether, you could make one of those, but the con that therein lies with that is that. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> um, but the con that in, that is in that is that uh, most of those easy, super cheap DIY buckets or whatever, those five gallon, it's a five gallon bucket. So realistically, you could only make like four gallon batches out of it or ferment four gallon batches with it because you need a little bit of room for that croissant and all that sort of stuff. So um, it kind of screws with your volume. And if you're cool with making four gallon batches, then fuck it. You could have a $10 fermenter that works like a champ. But if you're making five gallons, you're trying to fill those kegs all the way up, then then that might kind of fuck with you a little bit. You might be able to find like six gallon buckets or whatever. Um, but that's on you. That's on you with that. Like I said, shouts out to Homebrew for Life. Hit him up. Subscribe to his shit. He's uh, he's been a true warrior for me um, with with regard to the homebrewing hobby and kind of inspired me to do this shit. So hit him up. Look him up on YouTube. Does some cool shit. So that's it for plastic. That's it for uh, that's that's it for the plastic uh, pros and cons. So let's moving on to the stainless steel, stainless pros. 
Um, the stainless pro, uh, most durable by far. We're talking Nintendo tough here. We're talking fucking original Game Boy, get blown up in a, by a fucking IED in fucking Iraq in the in the desert storm or whatever. <laughs> if we're talking like that tough here, stainless steel, unless you take a fucking like, unless you take a hammer to it and like fuck it up big time or something like that. This shit is like, this shit's bulletproof. It's stainless. It's not, it's fucking, it's, unless you have to go out of your way to damage it. Whatever cleaner, whatever abrasive shit you got, whatever you got going, it's fine. You're 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 good to go. Easily the most durable, um, and for its durability, also almost as light as plastic. Not that much heavier than plastic. So pros on that. Pros on both of that. Both sides of that spectrum. There, it's not just super durable and also weighs a thousand pounds. Super durable, only a little bit heavier heavier than plastic. Um, so let's flip it back. Flip it on down to the cons. It is the most expensive on average by far. Um, on a, and when I say on average, um, I'm just talking the whole spectrum of stainless fermenters and shit like that. Um, there are extremely expensive ones out there that have all the bells and whistles and they're nice and shiny and they look great in any home brewery or any pro brewery, which is why all the pro breweries have them. But um, they're beautiful. And But there's also some new up-and-comers, um, some, some different shapes, some more bucket-style ones that are coming out, stainless steel bucket styles that are on the lower end of the, of the price spectrum that are really starting to compete with the other options. And they're stainless. It's fucking super tight. Shouts out to Anvil, the bucket fermenter and Anvil. Super awesome. If you're, if you're trying to get into the bucket, if you're trying to get into the stainless fermenter game, cannot recommend the Anvil bucket fermenter enough. Super awesome. Slightly conical. It's got the fucking rotating racking arm in there. So it makes it easy to rack off of it. It's got a spigot coming off of it. Like I said, rotating racking arm. Lid that comes off so you can easily clean the whole fight. Super fucking tight. Super tight. And they're only like 120, 130 bucks. It's only a little bit. We already, we already detailed how fucking stupid a glass carboy is. They're only a little bit more than a glass carboy all said and done. Super fucking awesome. Um, back up to kind of, I don't I'm kind of getting off the rails of this one a little bit. Back up to my second pro, widest range of sizes, shapes, and features in the stainless, stainless world. I mean, obviously sizes are ranging all the way up to fucking like macro size, you know, containers and vessels and shit all the way down to just a couple gallons. Um, shapes, you know, you got mostly bucket conical stuff. Uh, it's not as like versatile as plastic is with like, you know, the certain weird, like, round injection molded shapes and shit like that that you can do with plastic but there you know you get your conical and your bucket styles and it works works great um and then the features features are fucking key on the stainless stuff you get all the you get all the bells you can get all the bells and whistles that a pro brewer would have on on a stainless steel fermenter or you can just like i said you get, you get the simple bucket um that but still the simple bucket has a a, a racking of a rotatable racking arm and a removable lid that clap, you know, it's, it's, you still get cool features even on the low end. So, um, so that's super fucking tight. Um, we move it back down to the cons. Um, they are most often two in this realm. They're oftentimes the biggest and bulkiest fermenters. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to get into these ones, you're going to get into them pretty, you know, pretty hard unless you go like i don't know you might I, what the fuck am i saying i'm fucking stupid i don't know but a lot of times these are kind of big and a lot of times they come in like stand like stand legs and shit and like rollers and shit and like and you got it they're big and they're bulky and you kind of have to have a dedicated space for them 
which I guess if you're going to make a huge investment into like the super nice stuff, that's, you know, that's your prerogative. But like for some people, like, you know, you're in a fucking little one bedroom apartment or something like that. Maybe you don't have space for the fucking, you know, the, the full barrel conical, you know, that, you know, that sort of shit. Um, even if you had the money, maybe you just don't, it doesn't make sense and you don't have the space. So let me get a little thip. So yeah, they're just bigger, bulkier, harder to store, kind of have to have dedicated space for them. So that's a problem. Um, back up to the pros. I mean, this is back to more of the, the Nintendo tough thing, but they're going to last forever. It's stainless. Like, I mean, short of like on some of these, like the newer bucket ones that have like gaskets in them, like I'll, I'll probably have to replace a gasket in that at, at some point. Uh, maybe the racking arm uh, gaskets will get, maybe there'll be some wear and tear on those and I'll have to replace those at some point. But realistically, the fermenter itself is, it's stainless steel. I, like, unless I fucking like burn a hole through it with a fucking torch or take a, a fucking welder to it or some shit like it's it's fine it's gonna it's gonna last forever there's no wear and tear i have to worry about i i don't have to worry about it shattering and slicing my goddamn arm off it's fucking they're just they're fucking talking tough nintendo tough so there's that <clears throat> um and then con uh more bells and whistles last con i got more bells and whistles equals more maintenance and cleaning and that's just exactly how it sounds the more shit you got on a fermenter means just the more shit you got to worry about cleaning and for some people that's a huge turnoff i mean just cleaning out a bucket is easy you know cleaning out a fucking bucket is super easy just scrub it out with some hot water some oxyclean or whatever and a rag and that's super fucking easy you know, taking apart like tri-clamp fittings and fucking all this other shit that might be on a conical and stuff like that, on a stainless steel conical, like that, that might get annoying for some people and is just too involved. So I could see where that would be a con and a turnoff for some people. And then uh, the, I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but the stainless pros, the last pro I got um, is they're becoming more and more affordable. Like I was saying earlier, fucking we already went over the shittiness of glass carboys and how actually they're secretly pretty expensive. The anvil bucket that I already sang the praise of is, is fucking, it's like 120, 130 bucks. It's only a little bit more than the fucking whole carboy setup. So it's like, why not go that route? You know, and there are other guys getting in there too. It's not just anvil. It's not just Blickman. There are other guys getting in there too that are offering much more affordable options and the landscape of stainless steel fermenters is no longer for the moneyed moneyed men in home brewing. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Um, uh, that pretty much covers it. Uh, I pretty much, I've kind of showed my colors in there. Uh, fuck glass, straight up, fuck it. Um, plastic is cool and it's also cheap and pretty easy to DIY. And stainless is super fucking tight if you got the space, the money, and really you don't even have to have the money so much anymore because it's getting cheaper. So, um, that's to summarize everything I just fucking said. Uh, like I said earlier in the beginning of the show, got an email, yo, you bring a Gmail, hit me up, call me dumb, call me cool, whatever. Uh, and fucking rate, review, subscribe, all that shit, follow, whatever it is, tell a friend, fucking, and drink beer, dude, be tight. Prost, everyone. Prost.